I got a message for your American buddy. I'm your wife, dammit! Ah, we'll have to go up to the wives in the library or the supermarket and say hello. I am new here. I know, George, you think I don't know anything, but I know people. I get 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. You wanted your file? I found you your file. You wanted out? I got you out. You needed money? I found you some. Now, let's face it here. I've got to, you know, latch on to something in my life. Oh, yeah, you no use to try to sweet talk me, Miss Scarlet. I knows you ever since I put the first pair of diapers on you. Who was gonna love me? Who, who was gonna make me feel good? I wish I had a mother like me instead of nice. Nice gets your shit. I got a two-inch thick solo in steak. Sit and defrost it right this minute. When you and Guy come over and supper with us tonight, what do you say? Hello and welcome to another episode of the Best Supporting Podcast podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov, and one for you, one for me. And my name is Colin Drucker, and I am a rhombus. <laughs> I don't know if I know what that is. A rhombus. A rhombus. I am just a... I'm just a... Oh, a triangle. I'm not a triangle. Oh, my gosh. I'm just Here a we rhombus. Go. There you go. I, I would have never... I was like, is that a line from the movie that I missed? No. Ugh. I couldn't think of I, any lines from the movie. That's okay. I mean, yeah. What is there to say? Uh, yeah, I could just make the sound of somebody throwing up caviar. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, I'm still recovering from this movie. I, I, I finished it like an hour ago before we started recording, so it's fresh. Oh, good. Oh, well, yes. well, that's great. And and hopefully that movie in, in question is... 2022's Triangle of Sadness. Indeed it is. Well, this came very highly recommended from a a few listeners. Uh, I know Ethan had messaged us uh, very excited about it. There were other messages from folks. Because I just a little, I, I, I don't know why. I just like haven't, I hadn't logged into our Instagram account like, yeah, Ever. I saw that you signed in. I got the notification. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know why I didn't. I just... Oh, you should. We got so many kind, lovely messages. That's yeah. what I discovered. So, yes. Mary's, I hope you're... Uh, Mary's. Oh, Jesus, Mrs. Doubtfire. What table are you hey, sitting now. at? Yeah. yeah. Uh, what are you doing dressed like a woman? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, um, that's good. I have to go. I have, I to, have go. to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um... But listeners, I uh, such lovely messages. Thank you. And I saw, and that's really what like reinforced was like, oh, not that one recommendation isn't enough, but once there's a few, you're like, okay, uh, this is what they call a hacks protocol. You know, that's true. Yes. Oh, it's been a while since we said hacks protocol. I yeah. know. Well, you know what? I, what reminded me of it was when uh, Costa had emailed us about After Love, and it said, "This is hacks protocol." And yes, and oh, I, I love that. I have to acknowledge, I. I think even though it's not that this movie After Love that won like BAFTA for Best Actress last year and looks to be really interesting um, is not available on any like American streaming platforms. But I could sign up for a seven day free trial of BritBox on Amazon Prime and then I will be right there after love or before love and then during love and after love. I'll be there for all stages of love. (laughs) I mean, maybe that's it. I don't know. But um. I just, that's a it, that's an absolutely irrelevant tangent to anyone except one okay. person listening. I apologize. Um, <laughs> point being, tri- Triangle of Sadness became a hacks protocol uh, alert from our listeners. Yeah, I I feel like I watched the trailer and I, 
because I, I was like, I feel like I've seen this movie. This movie is like one part White Lotus, one part like disaster movie, and then like one part like Lord of the Flies. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll, I will say that, boy, especially Act Two. I mean, my takeaway was uh, part one was scenes from a marriage. Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. Right. Part two was the White Lotus. Part three was Gilligan's Island. There we go. A three-hour tour, it was not. Uh, but a two-and-a-half-hour tour, it was. That's right. Yeah. Yes, it was. In yeah. itself. Uh, yeah, and I didn't really know what to expect going in. Neither did I. I didn't, and, and obviously, it's so much of the talk around this has been Dolly DeLeon uh, yes. for Best Supporting Actress, and I had no idea what role she played. I just assumed, oh, she's some like crazy rich lady, you know? Yeah, I didn't. I saw her like she's not in the movie for like the first two thirds. Like she doesn't really come alive until the island. It's part three. Insane. Shows up for about 30 seconds in the, be- at the beginning of part two and then disappears for an hour. Yeah. Uh, but luckily there was another hour left of the movie when she did show up. So it all worked out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. And so. Maybe we'll just give people a little bit of a setup of like, without going into gross detail, no pun intended. Uh, oh my gosh. Oh my of God. What this is about. And then, like, let's, because I don't know how you felt about it. And I, I feel like this is one of those movies that you don't feel a little bit one way or the other about it. You either really liked it or really didn't like it. Yeah, I would say, uh, folks, if you are listening and you're like, oh, I'll never watch it, or maybe you will watch it, like, definitely definitely watch it first and come back because they're like the things like the most shocking parts of this movie are well worth like the shock value instead of like hearing it from us so obviously we're going to talk about everything but um i did like it i mean it, it it's saying a lot and i think dolly is great um i it definitely kept me on my toes as far as like well it can't get any worse than this and then it does uh i just couldn't believe how gross it was i will never forget that captain's dinner as long as i live i feel like that's like a i feel people were talking about that scene like they're like there's one scene that's like whoa and i was like yeah big whoa yeah uh whoa you know big words deb um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and so just uh, before I share my my opening thoughts, just for anyone who doesn't know, the mo- the Triangle of Sadness is about this. Well, initially, it's about this couple of models slash influencers who we spend twenty five minutes, you know, exploring their awful relationship, their transactional yeah, did relationship. Did we need it though? Yeah, uh, sorry to no, interrupt. yeah, no, I don't think we did. We didn't. So there is like twenty minutes they kind of cut off the movie. Yeah. Um, then this couple in Act Two, uh, they they're given a free trip on this, you know, $250 million yacht for the ultra wealthy wealthy. Um, this is no carnival cruise. Yeah. And this is where, you know, we meet some of the other characters. There's like the, the rich Eastern European guy and what seems to be maybe his wife and his lover. I- <laughs> yeah. That was, I was like, wow, she looks great at that bar. And I was like, Oh, that's not the same woman. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you mean uh, when she was with Yaya the next night? Yeah, when she's with Yaya and that guy, the bald guy comes over and they take a picture together. I think that was the Russian's wife. Oh, that yeah. was? Yeah. Wait, who am I getting confused with now? Uh, she was the one at the table? Yeah. The, um... Oh, wow. I mean, unless it was just some other random character, because this movie also likes to introduce random characters two-thirds of the way through get rid of main characters uh, two-thirds the way through. So, like, I could be wrong here. What it does in terms of continuity of characters is 
strange. Yeah, I have a couple questions about Act 3 as well, but yeah. yes, go, go so, on. So, uh, the night of the captain's dinner, hosted by Woody Harrelson, who I feel like certainly the role, he is. it's a very much a Woody Har- Harrelson role, but it's interesting how he's also trying to be a bit of a Jeff Daniels. Yeah, I could see that. You know, yes. or like a William Hurt type, where he's just kind of, yeah, you know, for sure. almost like, oh, oh, you know, almost a, just a scoop of that grizzled Harrison Ford thing, you know? Yes, exactly. But as the movie goes on, it's completely a Woody Harrelson performance. Yeah, there's that like whimsy and sort of like, all right, he's he has a shirt off. Already. Yeah, he's drunk. Woody Harrelson can get it, though. I mean, there's something about him that I'm still always attracted to. Absolutely. Oh, those beautiful blue eyes. Absolutely. That being yeah. said, yeah, all that being said, Woody can still, I can, I can handle the Harrelson, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. So there is, uh, it's a stormy night at sea, commences a night of epic seasickness. There's vomiting, there's poop, there's drinking, there's, uh, it's just a whole thing. And I thought, oh, now the ship is going to like, capsize you know what i mean yeah i th- figured mm-hmm. okay like then you know and then whoever survives is going to wash up on shore but no the next day some like uh let's just assume somalian pirates you know it's probably what they're referencing yeah. um but some sort of you know a uh, bunch of pirates throw a grenade onto the boat and explode it you know and then a handful of characters who we've met in parts one and two and then one character we've never met before end up as the survivors stranded on a nearby seemingly deserted island. Yeah. And at that point, we're an hour and a half into the movie, and I want to just tell you something. By the time this ship sank, gravity would have been over. <laughs> I just, <laughs> you timed it out. Yeah. I also uh, want to just— Maybe one day. Maybe one day. I, as a point of comparison, because there was certainly some influence— in the Poseidon Adventure, a movie that was under two hours, the ship sank within the first half hour. That's true. It just these are important details. Um, Absolutely. And then, as you said, it kind of turns into a bit of a Lord of the Flies. You know, now there's a power imbalance. Um, but that's also because this is when we're finally sort of reintroduced to Abigail, who uh, comes on to you know washes ashore in the life raft with supplies. And ends up being the most capable survivalist on the island. And so with great power comes great power. With great responsibility comes great power, I suppose, in this case. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, or go ahead, sorry. I mean, I you know, I, I to say that there's much more of a plot would be a lie. Uh, it, it, yeah, it, I think it, it gets to a really, really interesting twist at the end. And I think there was so much that they showed a little of and then it just ends after two and a half hours it ends abruptly it does um rock bottom yeah yeah boom and so uh so you so i you know uh, my prediction would have been that you did not enjoy this movie so i am surprised to hear that you liked it yeah i mean i'd say it's interesting that i just came off of it um, I wonder if I had more time to sit with it and really think about it. But like, to your point, like my my question, if I'm to work my way back, well, I don't want to get to the ending just yet, too. But um, it's like we never see what happens with the ship. Um, we don't know how they got there so safely with all those life rafts. Like, did the Somalian pirates just be like, 
just say like, all right, well, you guys can go. Like, I don't know how that worked or if everyone just died, dived in the ocean, especially the one, the woman in the wheelchair. Like, how did she get there? Who knows? Um, and I was expecting Dolly to come in or Abigail rather a lot sooner. But like, I do think it was worth it for her performance. If you know, if we're to really take away anything from this movie. Um, but I do think it's like, I also thought the ship was just going to sink or that, you know, that people like I get what they were going for because the themes of this movie there, it's like class and, uh, you know, like gender roles and really thinking about it. Like right now in the moment who was like, I don't really give a shit about the model couple. None, none of them are likable. And when they got to the Island, she was such a dick to him um at first and then she got like super jealous once he started like once he became like abigail's like plaything, and i thought not, i don't think it's weird for that you know them to hook up but it was just like what's happening here like with the whistles you know what i mean i was like i i, I don't know and i w it was frustrating with the um the woman in the like the raft but i did like the last 20 minutes I, and overall like it was definitely a shocking movie that I've never really seen anything like this before. So I do, I did like it. Who knows where I'll be in like a week, but I didn't, I didn't hate it is uh, maybe the best way to say this. <laughs> That's quite the way to say that you liked it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then the whistles. Like, this was wrong yeah, okay. and that was wrong and I hated her. Um, uh, but I, no, I mean, I'm just, the the holes in the like structurally, I think is just like, it's, it almost felt like three different movies in a way. It's like, are we following the couple? Are we following, um, you know, uh, the the people on the boat? Or is it about this, like, sort of island dynamic? But it's a little bit of everything. It's a little bit of everything, I guess. Yeah. I, um, I'm going to... So I don't want to disappoint anybody, but I did not like this movie. Oh, at okay. all. <laughs> oh, at oh, all. Oh, at all. I, I, but, but, caveat, uh... I think that there is something to be said for the headspace you are in going into a movie like this and like the serotonin levels you're at and like the mood you're in because sure to the point to your point I I did not like this model couple Carl and Yaya um and uh Yaya playing by this woman Charlie uh, you know Charlie B Charlie can I get a Susan or Charlie? a Mary Charlie, Charlie B. B Charlie yeah. B Dean unfortunately she passed away shortly after the movie's release That's crazy yeah she's 32 so that was kind of a sad thing to discover after the fact but like plays an incredibly unlikely but you know or un unlikable person uh in this movie uh and then Carl who's kind of our our protagonist is I mean, he's likable enough, but uh, I was reading a review where somebody says, particularly in Act 1, when he's questioning Yaya about this whole transactional relationship they have and the whole idea that just because he's the guy he should pay, uh, the review is like, he just sounds like some like guy on Twitter who's asking serious questions. And I, sure. and I think that that speaks to one of the issues with this movie is that like, it is so obviously talking about, as you said, like class and race and, you know, privilege and rich people and, and, you know, the power structures and all of that. But like, I don't think it's being done. I think a, it's been done. I feel like 
we know that rich people are terrible. We have two seasons of The White Lotus that have told us in a much more artful way that rich people are terrible. This is just kind of doing it in this kind of like absurd, nihilistic, like wacky Swedish kind of way. And I just, yeah. I'm, I just wasn't in the mood for any of that, you know? And um, so, but if that, if that doesn't mean I can't recognize that it was like a well-made movie and there's clearly like a very intense intentional intentional yeah she's making up words now (laughs) very intentional direction and you know it's all very beautiful and it's all very interesting and sort of how it's shot but um you know and and i think some of the tensions they explored in part two the white lotus like tensions with like the the head of the staff paula you know and kind of watching her navigate different you know issues on on deck with the staff and with that one guest who was like concerned about the dirty sails when the ship doesn't yeah. have sails, that was all setting me up for like, oh, cool, like I'm into this world at least because there's a, I like Paula, you know what I mean? And then I then by Act Three I didn't like Paula anymore, so I was like, who do I got? You know? <laughs> yeah, Paula sucks. Yeah, so because then Act Three it's like Act Three where it's like it starts and you see a few people washed up on shore, and then I'm like. Well, who the fuck is Dolly DeLeon in this? And I was thinking, like, is it, is it Therese, the woman who had the stroke? I'm like, no, it's not. That's not a Filipino woman. And, yeah. um, you know, then when she shows up, like, that whole dynamic, I guess wasn't – I got what they were doing, but again, this wasn't, like, a terribly new idea. It was just kind of like a variation of Yellow Jackets, yeah, in a way, I'm I'm taking all this in, too, because, like, I think my biggest thing is there's so much, you know, the, the messages we got on Instagram and even, like, a couple reviews, not, or not reviews, but um, uh, I think I saw, like, an interview a while back, uh, it, that, or even, no, 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 this was the IMDb after, before I watched it, um, that it got, like, an eight-minute standing ovation at, like, was it the Cannes Film Festival mm-hmm. or something like that? I was like, oh, this must be great. So it's, like, it's in my head that I should like this movie. So I am I'm guess I'm trying to sort that out, like, in real time right now. Um, and I, I think you said something about Dolly, and it... it kind of oh it's again i i just i think the thing that i hated the most were was the couple was uh carl and yaya i just feel like they i couldn't understand what the status of their relationship was like pre somalian pirates it's like they were like role-playing in the bedroom and then the next day he's miserable taking pictures of her by the pool so like when they got to the island and then she was just so distant and then like almost like real she was like really sucking up to abigail and said like you're that old conversation about body language or whatever like him being aggressive i was like what does this mean though and then i thought the weirdest part of this like like i guess carl slash abigail relationship he's like well let's just go public i'm like where where have we gone here what is what's really the end game of all this and i guess the ending, I did like the ending, even though I feel like you didn't because it was so abrupt. But I do like the idea of interpretation and what Abigail ultimately, like what her decision is. You know, I, I think it was like, so obviously, folks, if you're not going to see the movie, then we're going to spoil everything, which is fine. Yeah. Um, so at the end of the movie, Yaya 
and Abigail go hiking over the mountain to see what's on the other side of the island. And while they're gone, we get a kind of a, you know, Act 27 gun of some guy selling, like, trinkets on the beach who Teresa's, but, of course, she can only say, like, no in the clouds, no in the clouds in German or something like that, Um, or in the clouds, she can say in German, and so she can't, she's not able to communicate with this guy, and so, but we have some hint of, like, okay, something's going on here. Um, I hate to say this, but this is a ripoff of a Golden Girls episode uh, where they discover that just on the other side of the island where they were stranded was indeed a resort. Uh, (gasps) If you want to watch the episode Vacation where where the girls go on vacation, somewhere and and they end up in this dumpy motel and they're sharing a bathroom with these three guys but then they end up going on a cruise a little you know sailing you know adventure with them and then they get shipwrecked on an island all the same shit happens rose ends up kind of taking charge it is literally the same plot as this movie i i i did not realize this till this moment this is a golden girls episode even like the i'm the captain now sort of line you know from that tom hanks movie Uh uh-huh it's the same sentiment that's interesting and and maybe that's supposed to be a reference because there's also on the ship they do a a toast to love and that's from the poseidon adventure so i could understand there being like little references i though i doubt the golden girls was one of them but at the end of the movie they discover that indeed that it's a it's a you know luxury resort on the other side of the island and Abigail wants to kind of enjoy this moment where really for her, it's like the last moment I have power before we go back to normal. And this is where I was like, Oh, now the movie's cook, you know, now we're cooking with something, you know, and they sit on the beach and, and then Abigail decides that she's going to kill Yaya, presumably to then not, you know, to go back and tell everybody that they didn't find anything. And, uh, Yaya's like, you know, I'll, her has her back to her as she's approaching her from behind with a big rock and is like, you know, uh, I can help you. I, you know, when we get back, you could be my assistant. You could come work for me. And it, and I do like the twist of like how I could help you is you could come work for me. Yeah. And then it cuts. And then the next shot is Carl running seemingly, you know, through the same path to the resort. And so we have no idea all of the things that happened in between then, but he's clearly in distress. Um, and I just felt like for all of that buildup, they got to such an interesting moment for Abigail and for the movie and the idea of going back to normal. And again, this is just like the end of Lord of the Flies when all of a sudden, like, you know, the kids are kids again. Um, yeah. And then it just ended. And I think I was just having such a terrible experience up to that point that I was like, no, I was just about to have fun. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, I, I, I liked it though. I mean, I, I, I see what you're saying. It's like I wish this movie started with the island, um, or and then we saw her like kill everyone off one by one, or somehow like cover herself up, and these alliances are made. Because I really do think that the, like the plot device of like Therese, like not being able to speak and seeing that guy, like that's such great like. I like hate those kind of things in movies and TV shows. Cause it's like, Oh God, of course you can't say anything. And of course this is going to keep going on forever. And I'm assuming, you know, eventually she was able to tell Carl somehow. And that's why he's tearing through the woods to go catch them. Um, but is it too late? Probably. Oh, right. Like is at what point is Carl running? Is it, is it, is it what you're saying where he's, you know, somehow Teresa's communicated to him that they're, they're not alone on the Island or has is this like 
way later and and abigail's come back and is like oh yeah yaya's dead you know yeah or he's and he's just like kind of rage grief running through the woods i don't know yeah Um, yeah there's really like because obviously the intention is that like if if she can kill yaya and go back and say oh she died on you know on the trek whatever then no one needs to know where they are and she can stay in power and like it's a really interesting idea but i think then to have him running at the end i was like well then wait what happened yeah i was thrown out if it would have ended with the rock it still would have been abrupt but i i think it would have I don't know. There's something about him running, like, because it, it's a smash cut, and you see her sort of considering it, Abigail, of like, should I do this or should I not? And it's a great, like, face journey, too. But yeah, it's like, we, like, enough with Carl. Enough. Yeah, and that is. He doesn't care about her anyway. Well, and that's. So, so that is the other kind of interesting thing that happens in part three is that uh, to to warm up to the leader he he basically becomes uh abigail's concubine and uh but you know you could kind of understand in a certain way he's sleeping with her to kind of gain power of his own pretzels get those goddamn pretzel sticks you know (laughs) and whatever other privileges that come with it but then yeah it sort of turns into seemingly something real and I and then I guess the triangle of sadness becomes the love triangle, really, between Yaya and Carl and Abigail. But like the it the fucked up thing is throughout the movie, as you as you were saying, it's like we're seeing their relationship go from like really awful and transactional to really honest to really angry again to really manipulate. Like th- this doesn't like when she's jealous of him, it's like, but you hate him. Yeah, I didn't. It's not like earned. It's like. You don't care. And is this just, you know, and I feel like this is such a fucking, like, hat trick of, oh, no, it's a commentary on modern relationships, you know? Um, It could be, to use a reference I know that you would appreciate, it could be like, well, look at Kristen and Tom on Vanderpump Rules. Ah, yes. Tom Sandoval. Yeah, look at Kristen and Tom Sandoval, you know? (laughs) Look who he ended up being mad at. Look at Ron and Sam, you know? Yeah, I know. Well, to switch gears for a second, the night that the two, um, that Carl, like when the boys were punished and they ate the pretzel sticks with Therese and where were the rest of the men? Where was everyone else? Because they um, had they remember they go to the life raft and they they're holding up the watches and they're like basically bribing to be led into the life. Yeah, I, I do remember that, but they never went back to the site then, right? It's like did they just sleep on the beach? I just like didn't know where they went because like the two boys and Therese were like by the campsite, and then she took um paula and yaya into the lifeboat i I just didn't and then like the next day when i guess they found them somewhere like and therese was never punished for eating the pretzels she got fish the next day i just didn't think it was fair these are the things i was noticing yeah i think the idea was that they bribed their way into the life raft that night i don't think it was anything more oh they did yeah i don't think it was anything more than they this is just rich people still using their money to get what they want this is just yeah. like the rich oligarch holding up his $50,000 Rolex to get entry. I, I believe you. I just didn't know why Therese wasn't punished for eating Oh, that then. I don't know either. I think, yeah. you know, if we were to read into this, in this matriarchy, women don't get punished the same way men do. You know what sure. I mean? Um, yep. 
something like that. So uh, she got she kind of got away with her part of the crime. I don't know. Because, um, I again, I understand that, like, there's so much baked into all of these things that are happening, but it's also not baked in that deeply. You know what I mean? So, yeah, so there's yeah, a part yeah. of that's like, or am I giving this movie too much credit and it's really just like a plot contrivance and, like, why didn't she get punished for the pretzel stack, you know? Yeah, I know. Um, you know what I did like? Um, I have to give props, and I don't know. I guess I could have... Uh, like did like a control F on IMDb, but I didn't. But um, uh, was it Alicia or Alicia mm-hmm. uh, by the pool with that? Like, was it Vera? Was that her name? The like the crazy drunk mm-hmm. rich lady that was like, you need to enjoy yourself. Get in the pool. I thought uh, she was great and sort of navigating that conversation and, and, and really in the back of her mind, she knew that she couldn't say no, but she couldn't say yes at the same time. I thought she was like a, a standout. That was a really interesting part of the movie. I feel like the similar to the White Lotus, the commentary on like what what is expected of you as the staff for the ultra rich, you know? And yes, all of it is motivated towards potentially a big tip at the end of the trip. Um, so it is it's not all out of the joy of service, but the extent that you'll go or the extent that you'll have to go you know, or the the extent you can't say no to these people, even when it's like, I can't go swimming. I'm the staff. Like any normal, rational human being of any yeah. level of wealth would be like, well, obviously, I'm not going to. But this is this like delusional level of wealth where it's like, and it's not even Vera wielding her power. It's her actually thinking that she's doing something nice for Alicia. She's making yes. something happen for her that she wanted, but it's really what Vera wants. Yeah, it's like Ramona Singer when every time they go on a trip and someone helps her unpack her things. <laughs> yeah, right, right. It's it's just like it. it's that level. I mean, this is Ramona Singer is a triangle of sadness uh, character. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> just seasick. Okay. <laughs> Oh God! Um, <sighs> you know, but bringing up Alicia is a good point because uh, she obviously does not make it to the island, and yeah. Uh, so we, you know, we kind of never see her. I mean, she disappears somewhere within Act Two. Um, I don't remember the, and that's probably the last time we really spend one-on-one time with her is the swimming scene with with Vera, and then for all the time we've spent with her in Part Two, she's not in Part Three. And equally, uh, what's his name? Darius, the first in command. Yeah. Who I thought was Vava Oh, yeah. Boom. Yes. It was so interesting that once we get to Act 3, this character that, okay, we've, we've, we've gotten to know and to some, ex- some extent, we've come to recognize part of the cast. We don't see him at all in Act 3, but then in, in Part 3, I keep calling it Act in Part, but you all know that, what I mean. Sure. Uh, we're introduced to, I think his name is Nelson, who mm-hmm. worked in the engine room, who doesn't appear in the rest of the movie at all. Like, that didn't make any sense to me as, like, I don't know. And I was going to say, like, as a writer, but you don't have to qualify yourself that much. Like, as somebody who watches movies, that makes, who's, and certainly disaster movies, the model is you introduce your characters, and then you put them through a disaster, and then you show them in the wreckage. You don't introduce somebody new. Yeah. I, I totally get that. Like, logistically and from a writer's perspective, yeah, we don't know this guy. And But I guess if this was a real situation, yeah, there would be some randos, but this is a movie. This is not like a real-life situation. So why not have the second-in-command 
be there because really that he was there to have that like race conversation like they, that the guy thought he was a Somalian pirate and he was like questioning him and Paul is trying to like mediate that conversation but who cares at that point like it, yeah. it just felt like that's what he was there for that was so strange and the only reason yeah like that was the only thing was just to have the like you're just assuming I'm a pirate because I'm black and it was like oh I feel like if I was if I had just gotten through like a yacht you know, being attacked by terrorists and had just washed ashore and most of the people were dead, I wouldn't have time for social justice corner, you know? Like, I and I, I just felt like that was such ham-fisted, like, commentary writing. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that, too, because no one really is panicking. I mean, granted, Abigail's taking care of them, but, like, everyone's just kind of relaxing on the beach eating chips, and I guess that's the point of, like, Abigail stepping into her, like, spotlight and really being the captain but it's no one's talking about the fact that they might not ever get rescued <laughs> yeah i wonder how much time did this crazy thing happened like yeah. how much time do they spend on that island before they found the resort on the other side of it because i guess i probably would have done that exploring a lot sooner yeah i think everyone's like pretty much not everyone, but, like, able-bodied enough. Like, there's enough young people to send out into the woods to, like, see what's around. But I guess maybe that's the reason the sounds in the nighttime are, like, you know, they're afraid of what's out there or whatever. But, you know, all we saw was a donkey, so... I fast-forwarded through that scene. I did, too. Yeah. Thank you for warning me. I, did, I saw... When I was fast-forwarding, I saw one of the blows, but I didn't need to see any more than that. Yeah, yeah. I was, like, no... And I, at that point, I was, like, mad at the movie. Because um, it... I don't, I, and I think this was very much on purpose. Like I, I think you know this is a bit of the the director, writer, director, uh, Ruben Ostland uh, with an umlaut. With an umlaut. So you know, <laughs> you know, Ruben Ostland. Um, I, I assume is you know kind of part of his thing is is uh, I don't know, just like this is not a, this is the opposite of a feel good movie. You're not supposed to feel good. You're not supposed to like anybody. You know, th this is no cha-cha real smooth, you know? And, For sure. And so w with a lack of sympathetic characters and after spending, you know, 25 minutes of the movie at the beginning watching this couple bicker and then, you know, this protracted food poisoning or, you know, seasickness scene, which I was just like, okay, you know, I mean, you know, uh, I I don't like watching people vomit, you know, and it, and, and or, poop. or poop for Jeez. that matter. That poor woman was that Vera. I think that was Vera. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. I mean, I will say that will forever be with me. Uh, and when she was <laughs> like watching her slosh around, like sliding on the floor left to right. Oh Ugh. god. And so like all there's all this like intentionally unpleasant stuff happening and like they're not looking away from it the toilet doesn't just like bubble over with poop water it explodes with poop water and then it runs down the stairs and then it people slip in it like it's just that level of um i don't know sort of nihilistic filmmaking and i think then once we get to act three and we're introduced to abigail i was like oh, man, I'm going to have somebody who I'm going to really like and I'm really going to connect with. And I think I was supposed to, and I don't know why, but I didn't like Abigail at all. I thought she was an asshole. Yeah. She she wasn't like a... I mean, she... I was going to say she wasn't a fair leader. It's like, but she didn't really give anyone a chance. She's just like, well, here I go. It's like she had been preparing for years for that one moment when she should have, like, 
slowly stepped into that role. Yeah, and, I, and had more of a fight with Paula. Right. I wanted to see someone slapped. Right. And then I thought, <laughs> oh, are they going to kill Abigail? And is that how this is going to That's what end? I thought too. Yeah. And I just, and then I thought, oh, that makes me so sad to know that like part three is going to end with her dying. And then once we got towards the end, I was like, oh, kill her. I don't care, you know? Uh, but I, I guess the point of this being that once we got to the donkey scene, I was like, having such a bad time on purpose and in, but the, the director's intention was for me to have a bad time that by the time we got to that I was like fuck you I don't even want to finish this movie because like what is the point what is like I've already got it the rich are terrible do you have anything else to say that is going to justify why I'm going through this shitty experience literally literally yeah. uh, Chekhov's donkey really I guess is really the ultimate purpose of that it's like just like that random guy that showed up it's i don't know it doesn't seem like you said like smart writing in a way and i kind of like saw it coming i was like oh sure i mean i, I also i sort of knew because i checked does the dog die.com because i was like well, i don't trust this movie uh <laughs> i think there was a dog during the like modeling auditions at the beginning i was like is someone gonna hit it you know i don't know oh yeah i did see that yeah so uh, luckily, no dogs are harmed in this movie. No other animals are harmed. Uh, you know, this uh, this is me being like, you know, uh, uh, pita chips over here. But I do feel bad for an octopus because they're apparently very intelligent animals. And so I do feel bad for them. Yeah. I mean, oh, God, that dinner. I was getting seasick during that entire thing. I will say I was impressed with the vomit. I don't know how they did it or if it was CGI. Um, but it was, you know, multiple people throwing up and like, they didn't cut away. It was like face on. Oh yeah. Vera had like three mouthfuls. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I was like, how does that work? And I, I, but she, she would put her hand to her mouth in between. So I assume maybe there was like a tube or something. She was somehow refilling. Uh... I don't know. I didn't want to, then I didn't want to think about it, you know, but it's also that like the movie wants you to watch everybody throw up. It wants you to see like them eating disgusting quote-unquote fine dining and slurping on muscles and eating Ooh, I know that sounds gelatinous shit and and you know it's just it wants you to be grossed out it doesn't want you to like anybody and I guess in in the dead of winter I'm like this is not the season for this shit like, the, yeah you know you, yeah. you know what I'm saying and, and it's something I I thought about as we get into like Oscar season and we got some heavy movies we're going to cover like the whale and women talking and the banshees of Inishir. And I was like, we need to think about winter programming because I don't, I don't know if I can handle. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, you know what I, I mean? mean? It's like, in. that's a, yeah, I know. I know. It's a heavy season <laughs> and this is no it fucking is. exception. <laughs> yeah. From the, the trailer of the, or not the trailer, the poster. I thought this is like, I, I, I honestly had no idea what this movie was about, but I thought it was some sort of dark comedy about pe rich people on a yacht, which is maybe a quarter of the way true. And I, I know that I'm, oh, I'm just shitting on this movie, and there are people listening who love this movie, and I have to just, like, remind you that this is all wildly subjective, and I think this movie, again, is absolutely designed for either you to come out of it the way a lot of people have come to us about it, like, oh, my God, I love this movie, it, it's so cool, or, oh, my God, I hated this movie. Like, I really yeah. think that I am just having one of the desired reactions. 
Sure. Yeah. I, I'd be interested to see because I, um, I didn't watch it with Keon, but I, I wonder what he, I told him everything that happened anyway, so it's already spoiled. <laughs> yeah. But I just I wonder what he would think of it. I know that he'd be super grossed out because it just keeps like stacking upon each other because when I did laugh when the uh, the guy like faked everyone out and said the boat was sinking and everyone got their life jackets on and like fell down the stairs. It is like um, it, it it'll never be like 70s disaster movie camp but i feel like that's what they were kind of going for in a way like what's her face being sloshed around in the bathroom and people falling downstairs and just all this shit that kept happening happening literally it's like do you think that's what they were aiming for i mean a level of like disaster camp sort of i don't know i mean certainly there was that kind of you know the vague reference to maybe the poseidon adventure but i feel like this kind of night of chaos that's this drunken night of chaos that's spurred by the captain and by Dimitri, uh, played by Zlatko Burek, who I actually thought was great in this movie. I have to just say, yeah, he is great. He plays the you know the bloated Russian, you know Russian oligarch or whatever. But yeah. I, I thought he, I, I just thought he did a great job. And um, so I, I have to, I try to find the positive where I can. I thought it was a genuinely good performance. But it's interesting that. From when we meet the captain, we know that he's not having a good time, that he's just like ha- a drunken mess in his room from the beginning. But I guess there's a part of me that's wondering, like, why this night? Why did it ha- why did this not just the sea- seasickness of that? That was just the weather. But like, why was this the night that the captain got so drunk with somebody else that he ended up getting on the, you know, intercom and spewing like Marxist theory? Yeah. Why is this the night? How has that never happened before? And so, like, I know. versus a disaster movie where it's like, well, it happened because they ran afoul of a rogue wave or there was a fire or there was a malfunction. Like, this is the the seasickness is one thing, but, like, a lot of that other chaos just seems kind of like, you know, I don't know, uh, perfectly timed, I guess, but sort of coincidental, I guess, as well. Yeah, even two things that came up. This I felt this was so unnecessary, and I think his name was Jarmo or Yarmo, um, the guy who was uh, the the bald guy who wanted his picture taken. Uh-huh. Um, when he was like sitting with his life vest on, and that table started rushing towards him because it was like slick, and I thought it was gonna like impale him, and then it stopped. Do you remember that? I do. Yeah, because I was wondering if that was like the the little statue. That's the disaster movie, like that shit would happen you yeah. know like and then it like cracks into his head well and i thought that little statue in the table was like poseidon and i thought there was something there because oh. it like it stops it did hold on yeah that. Yep. and so there's probably something there but yeah i mean <sighs> it's uh it, it's an interesting experience i uh i can't say that i would ever want to watch this movie again i think if i'm gonna be uh, abundantly honest sure uh, sure i i I hated it, but I hated it in that way that, like, as I said, I'm supposed to. I do wonder if I just don't like watching foreigners stranded on an island because this is almost like come from away levels. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure, in terms of my yeah. reaction. So I wonder if I may just not like this concept of people getting stranded on a foreign island. Do you think that, I guess, you know, the reason we're here, the reason for the season do you think that Dolly is going to get an Oscar nom or has, you know, is, is she going to get a BAFTA, you know, cause we're, we're nearing sort of that 
end of season, you know, there's the SAG Awards, of course, too. But what what are your takeaways with her? Do you feel like this could be a performance nominated? Well, if uh, I believe that SAG nominations just came out, and I don't believe she got <gasps> nominated. Okay. But she was nominated for a Golden Globe, but she lost to Angela Bassett for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Are we going to have to cover that movie? I mean, I'd be down. I I saw the first one and loved it. And I, I it, but it's like such a, an exciting thing to think is Angela Basket Basket. <laughs> I'm going to be a basket game. Yeah. Is Angela Bassett going to finally win an Oscar for Wakanda Forever? For a Marvel movie, for best supporting actress in a Marvel movie. I mean, that's wild. But <clears throat> a twist. You yes. know, I mean, listen, uh, I I can't be like so disappointed, but I when I saw that that was who won, I was like, "Whoa!" That's the last person I expected to win. Oh, it was so funny when um, Jennifer Hudson like announced her. Mm-hmm. It was so great. She was so excited. I, that was like one of my favorite parts of. The oh, course. I'll have to watch that. Oh, it's so good. So I mean, I I I do kind of feel like there is a sweet spot in my heart for Jamie Lee Curtis and everything everywhere all at once. Sure, yeah. But you're asking about Dolly DeLeon. I think that in that final moment when she was approaching Yaya, I was like, ooh, there is, look at you. Look at that face. Look at those pearls. Otherwise, I thought she was fine. Sure. I thought she was fine. She wasn't bad. I thought she had, she was given cool lines. Like, who's the captain? I'm the captain. But like, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't snapping and hooting, I guess. I wasn't, I, I, it didn't really ever go deeper for me or like, there's that thing. There's that like, that like it's a, it's that it's a cool character, but I don't know if there was that extra thing in the performance where I like sat up. There wasn't a moment she wanted for me, except maybe that like that face at the end, you know? Yeah. I think that's, I think we needed more of Abigail before we needed to see more people be mean to her we needed to see her sort of belittled so it like to see her succeed even in this way we might have liked her a little bit more we might have been rooting for her a little bit more we only saw one scene with her where she comes in and they're just like just come back later it was like kind of short but it wasn't like totally rude we needed to see more of it i think i agree i think that was a huge problem is that when we're introduced to her all we've seen is her not even be treated that poorly just like hey could you come back we don't want you to come clean the room right now we're sleeping like i don't know as a hotel guest it's like yeah can you get the fuck out of my room so not to be one of these yeah. people but like that didn't seem to me the greatest offense uh versus what we saw alicia go through with vera later you know that's true and i guess maybe i don't know how, why i'm justifying this but maybe the reason why we didn't see her is because you know the rich people didn't see her you know so why would we see her because they don't really care about the staff but like have her walk by carrying some towels like at least get her face in the frame so we know who she is and and as a movie if she's gonna be such a big part of the third act of the movie then make us care about her at least in act two like yeah for for there to be some transformation that we're seeing happen it's like we barely knew the woman and so I agree with you. I think that was a big missing part from the second act uh, that I guess, again, the, the focus on so many other characters felt ridiculous because it's like, well, they all die and we don't even see them die. 
You know, not that I want to yeah. see that, but yeah. like you don't get a, a resolution. And I think to say, well, that's how shipwrecks are. It's like, yeah, real shipwrecks, you know? But this yeah. is in, this is a movie. <laughs> I'm, oh, I'm so, I I don't think I've ever, I, I think Come From The Way was the, is the only other movie I've been so hateful towards. <laughs> Maybe Murder on the Orient Express. I don't know. Maybe. Oh, God, yes. I, I just, yeah. yeah. Uh, triangle of badness. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Looking for the pun yeah. there. And really, it's like, I for a moment, when I turned this on, I thought I started the wrong movie because I was watching that model scene and I was like, oh, wh- oh what's this about? And it was like kind of funny and we're following this couple. And then I think that was my b- biggest annoyance too is like we didn't even need part one we didn't even need to see their relationship they could have just showed up on the boat and started bickering and like been introduced that way or it were shown like a few minutes of it but like yeah all of the mo- I, I have to say i had the exact same feeling multiple like multiple times through the movie where i was like uh, is are, am i sure this is triangle of sadness triangle of sadness like i just kept checking the info button but i felt like in one of sort of almost a, a, a warning, an act one gun, literally an act one, was we see the whole modeling sequence, and then we see some scene of Carl going to a fashion show, and then there's a whole like two minute se- sequence from far away of like Swedish people or French, someone who doesn't speak English, like oh yeah, having some situation where they need this, someone's in their seats, then they need everyone to move down, and eventually it. it reveals like Carl at the end of that line and having to get up. But like, I was like, Oh, wait a minute. I thought this whole movie was in English. So then I'm like turning on the subtitles and they're not playing. And I was like, well, what the fuck's going on? I, uh, this is so stupid. I don't know if I'm supposed to be understanding them or not. And then the subtitles start playing once Carl starts speaking in English saying, well, where should I sit? And I just felt like that to me, like that, that was like, I should have known that this movie was just going (laughs) to, keep doing you turn to marco yeah you're like marco i don't know i don't know i don't know what this movie wants from me miss merle you know i was just so annoyed miss <laughs> merle i don't work, i don't know what more you want from me miss merle oh that's good yeah i'm i i agree i agree with everything you're saying i it's kind of like how i it's kind of like come from a way where it's like i like this and then by the end of the episode i'm like yeah i see all the problems with it and I questioned it too as I went through it, but it's it like the sort of, I don't know, the action of the movie and like where it took me kind of overshadowed that and where I like could forgive it, I guess, in the moment. But yeah, cut cut that first part. Who cares? Yeah, I think that still could have certainly been cut and then maybe spend a little more time letting us get to know the people on the ship. You know, even if they are supposed to be kind of caricatures, I think if you're going to take two and a half hours, at least like use it in a different way, because actually kind of watching the, the sort of white Lotus segment that I wasn't bored by. I was kind of, I was, I almost didn't want the ship to sink because I was like, Oh, I, I kind of, I do kind of enjoy seeing like the tensions on board, you know, of, of this yeah. dynamic. And yeah, I think in some ways, like by the end, I, I don't know. I got to like 10 minutes, like 15 minutes before the end. And I was like, if I didn't have to review this for a podcast, I'd just turn it off. <laughs> I just don't like this. And sure. Um I don't like and you know what it is? I didn't like how it made me feel. 
that's what it is. I didn't like how it made me feel. Because to say I didn't like this is to say that the acting wasn't good. The acting was great. Uh, the, 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 you know, it was beautifully shot. There was some good music. There were some, you know, interesting moments. I, I got the point of it. Uh, you know, I, I appreciated that it was trying to be a big movie. But I do think there is something to be said for, like, A, how movies make you feel. And, again, having in a seasonal approach to movies. Because right now, especially for those of us in the Northeast of the United States, this is just, like, I just think I need to think about, you know, maybe not watching any horror movies till April. You know what I mean? Like, there we go. Maybe this, yeah. is, maybe this is just the wrong time of year for me to watch something like Triangle of Sadness. And I bet this, like, came out in the summer. And it was like, well, yeah, we know. There was a lot of sunlight. You could have seen it then. Sure. But I... Uh, I didn't, so... Oh, it opened in October, so no excuse. You wanted me to feel this way. <laughs> I guess that's true. Yeah. Well... Ah, well... There you go. Tri- well, I, I mean, question back to you. Sure. Do you think that Dolly DeLeon is going to end up as an Oscar nominee? I don't know. It's like, I, I haven't really looked at Gold Derby recently. I don't know where the... Conver- and, like, there's always, like, that shift after the Golden Globes, and it's like those last like like the last month or two before i can't i can't remember when oscar nominations come out really but you know she didn't win the globe but i feel like this is a standout performance but in a way that um i don't know it's like one of those like june squib nominations you know what i mean there's always someone and i don't know how old dolly de leon is but there's always that sort of like minority nomination or like a woman of a certain age nomination like the slot and i feel why not i mean she seems like a great actress i would love to see something else she was in just because this movie was kind of meh but i to answer your question i feel i feel like she will why not all right all right i mean who knows i mean uh what was the nom? i mean there was uh Oh, that was the big one. Did she end up getting nominated, the one from the Borat movie? Did she end up getting an Oscar nomination? That Oh, she did, yes. That was a real... Yes. So you never know. My... And I didn't necessarily think that uh, she was bad. I just... I just didn't get that thing. You hated that I, nomination, yeah. Oh, I, that that nomination I hated. That I just couldn't get together with. But um, but this I could, I could understand. I could understand if it gets nominated, but I think at this point... The Oscars are all bullshit anyway, so the Hollywood story that I like is Jamie Lee Curtis winning. Yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah. Um, well, did you have any other, uh, any other thoughts on the Triangle of Sadness? Would you watch this movie again? What what's what What are your closing thoughts on 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 this shipwreck? I don't think I would. It's like there's this guy on TikTok that um, I kind of love and I should follow him so I can watch more of them. But when someone has like a three minute story and it's just it's like so much fluff. But the last like 15 seconds are like what you what you came like what you really need to know. And he like uh, he like duets them like five seconds in and he and he tells you immediately like what happened. And I kind of love it. And I feel like with this, it's like with what I told Keon, I was like, the movie was crazy. There's a great scene where everyone throws up and it's really gross and shocking, but this is what happens at the end. And it kind of, it's, it's like a little thought provoking and then it's over. I, yeah. I mean, I love the idea of somebody also telling you, you know, here's what happens in that three minute story. So by the way, yeah, love yeah, that it's idea. Nice. Uh, you know, I just wanted to, this, this has not been updated with the golden globes, but I did look on gold derby to see what their best supporting actress 
predictions oh, yes, were. Uh, so obviously things could change, uh, but their leading contenders uh, as of December 19th were Jesse Buckley for Women Talking, Carrie Condon for The Banshees of Inishira, and Jamie Lee Curtis for Everything Everywhere, Claire Foy for Women Talking, uh, Janelle Monet for Glass Onion, and then Gabrielle Union for The Inspection. Oh, so they have Dolly DeLeon in their strong contenders category, but they also have okay. Patricia Clarkson and she said, and let me tell you something, she didn't say enough <laughs> to earn a nomination. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, no. Uh, so anyway, uh, we shall see. We shall see. Yeah, but we shall now see. I'm like, Gabrielle Union, what are you doing here? Let's go yeah. find more out about that one. Um, well, if that's the case, then I think... I think we might be getting played off by an automatic piano. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, I don't know what it's playing, but we're pretty rich. We're on a $250 million yacht. We could probably get it to play anything we wanted. Yeah. So while we get serenaded uh, all the way to the distant shores of a luxury resort, where can folks find more of you? They can find me on my other podcast, The Good Vanilla, which is a Barefoot Contessa podcast, or you can follow me on Instagram at Nick Kukshanov. How about you? Well, you could find me on All Right Mary, where we are currently covering season 15 of RuPaul's Drag Race. And I heard it's good. It's pretty good. It's good. I mean, you know, it opens with a solid 120 minutes uh, back-to-back Whoa. episodes, but after that... Could have watched Gravity. Could have watched Gravity and the making of Gravity. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Now, come on Thanks. now. Uh, but uh, going forward, they're going back to basically 42-minute episodes. That is. They're going back to. Is there still untucked? There though? is still untucked. Oh, we'll talk about this in the after show. But they are. MTV is trying to create their own TGIF. Um, oh. With gay programming, and I am not here for it. So okay. sorry, Mr. Mr. Piano. We we're wrapping it up. So we are covering <laughs> season 15 of Drag Race. Lots of fun. Uh, and of course, you can find me on Instagram at Collinsrucker underscore. And you can find both of us in a best supporting capacity at BSA Pod. Or you can send us an email or uh, at the BSA Pod doc, or <laughs> dot com at gmail dot com. And then I was going to say, send us a, a message on Instagram. DM us. Slide into those DMs. Slide in, because now I'm checking. So now there's two of us looking. Yeah. You got four eyeballs. This is your chance. So yes. maybe you could suggest a movie, and I could shit on that movie for an hour. Wouldn't that <laughs> Step be nice? right up. Yeah. <laughs> How'd you like that? Uh, uh, and if you're really enjoying that experience as an audience member, you should keep your papers peeled, because the RA... Oh, my God. Mrs. Doubtfire... Uh, the best supporting after show will be out on Friday, where we will be catching up on the Golden, the Golden Girls, like the Golden the Girls, episode the that this will be ripped off, uh, the Golden Globes, and our best supporting assignments and our best supporting actors, BSAs of the week, and to get early access to uh, shit fests just like this episode, <laughs> all at be- Patreon.com/slash/BSAPod. There we go. Now that's a plug. Yeah, that's what the ship needed. Yeah, pull the plug. Yeah, because toilet's overflowing. That's right. And that, as they say, is that.